Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. from Eden Hazard, Kai Havertz in the Champions League final, Ivanovic! In the middle, it's just behind him, but it's by Hakim Ziyech. Matic with the ball driver! It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast, coming up on this episode. So, we started the week positive and we ended it with apparently we're getting relegated to the National League. Just a standard week at Chelsea. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm joined in a virtual room filled with some lions. I've got Ollie, I've got Chris. Uh, It's the Friday show. Uh, what are you guys most looking forward to this international break weekend? Oh, yes. I'm thinking about going to the cinema. Oh, okay. Um, what to see? Nice. Well, that was the thing. Hopefully so a film. I was, I was originally thinking I, I would pick something and then talk about it here on the pod, but I thought it would be fun if the listeners decided. So if you've got a good suggestion, either at me on Twitter or stick it in the Discord, and whichever one that seems to get the most praise, I'll, I'll go see it. I've seen Barbie already, so you can't pick that. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to quickly look at films that are on. Uh, Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie. Oh, that sounds. Oh, that's it. Sorted then, Ollie. Yeah, <laughs> you're in. Are <laughs> oh, they going to make me go watch Paw Patrol? Oh, they? they might. Putting that, yeah. the, putting that in the Discord right now. Yes, please do. Please <laughs> do. What, what about what about you, Chris? Um, I'm kind of looking forward actually to having a bit of time to get some like odd jobs done on the weekend without having to worry about missing any other football. Uh, That's a a proper adult thing, isn't it? uh, Yeah, it really is. When you're looking forward to that sort of stuff, you know that you've hit that age where (laughs) it's exciting now thinking about, I might clean my car this weekend. (laughs) Chris might also end up going to see Paw Patrol. You never know. I mean, for me, sorry, Chris, but local Christmas lights switch on tomorrow. Uh, oh, it's, an, it's, it's, an, <laughs> it's an underrated star of the holiday season for it's me. It's at though. least the right half of November, Chris. Come on. I mean, Is it? Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm loving it. And if look, if you aren't excited about a Christmas light switch on, you might need to check your festive spirit, my friend. And, and plus, it takes me back to <laughs> I was at one uh, whilst Watford were playing Manchester United. Now, if you're thinking, what year was this? This was uh, 2016, no, 2021, not 2016. And um, I just remember some lad was asked by his dad what the score was. And he said, oh, it's still 2-1 Watford, dad. And then he went, it was like calling it play by play. He goes, oh, wait a minute, dad. No, it's 3-1. Wait, no, it's 4. It's 4-1. And his dad's like on a roller coaster of emotions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, and if listeners want to know how did Chelsea get on that day well we won 3-0 over Leicester thanks to Rudiger Kante and Pulisic and only four members of that match day squad are still with us this season so I'm that's surprised how, it's that many it's quite a lot you're like whoa that's a lot of players considering uh, how much we uh, get through we seem to be uh, news time let's check out the news that you may have missed in the elevator Chelsea news Conor Gallagher has said his contract will get sorted out. Wesley Fofana could return in January. Gusto, Palmer and Jackson are in the Who Scored Best New Signings 11. 
Pochettino absolutely loves Kylian Mbappe. Chelsea are not in talks to purchase the former Earl's Court Exhibition Centre site. And finally, Patrick Stewart is to take the Manchester United chief executive role when Richard Arnold departs. There is no word on if Captain Picard's experience on the USS Enterprise played a part in the appointment. <laughs> uh, I threw that in because uh, there's enough enough there's enough uh, depressing news about Chelsea again we're gonna we will touch on it but um I, I did say to the team I wanted to talk about the Conor Gallagher thing because we've had questions on it as well so look what do you think I mean many including myself have been truly impressed by just how damn important and impactful Gallagher's been this season and he did comment on the current contract situation saying I'm sure that will get sorted out Everyone knows Chelsea's my club and I love playing for them. The fans are brilliant and I'm loving it right now. I'm sure it will get itself sorted out. Eased your concerns there? Yeah, I'd say so. Because he seemed very calm about it as well. Like it was very um, sort of nonchalant. Like, don't worry about it. It'll get sorted. I don't think think he's going to push too hard for for certain things, you know, money. I mean, he's on like so little money at the moment anyway. Like any any raise he's given is going to be a significant increase for him. And I think, you know, I I think the thing is with Gallagher, I think he he still has that um, sort of thought process that he's in a very privileged position to be playing for Chelsea. And so it's not like certain players in the past. It's not about, getting the big pay increase and I want to be paid as much as Reese James or I want to be paid as much as Raheem Sterling. I think Gallagher is genuinely just buzzing to be in the Chelsea first team. Um, he's a fan so of as long as, Yeah, as long as, his, as long as his pay reflects what he feels his contribution is, then I think that the, the deal will get sorted easily. And I think now Poch has had has got more of a say in transfers. I don't think there's there's a way that Poch would want to let him go. To be no. fair, though, my my only worry my worry isn't about Gallagher, and I don't think anyone's is. It's like it's about the ownership, because of course, this ownership so far has a track record of of making like you know signing new deals for players and then trying to sell them. So <laughs> you know, yeah. if I was Gallagher, profit. I'd be running. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's, it's for that pure profit. I mean, securing him on a reasonable long-term contract would undoubtedly be a huge, significant and and smart move for the club. You know, even if he ranked maybe among the top five highest earners, you you have to sort of look at the potential value he brings in over that, which would arguably a five to seven year deal. And it, look, he boasts an elite mentality. Uh, I mean, it is, it's an elite mentality, you know, and when the, look at it this way, when the club's been bringing in big names like Enzo and Caicedo, what does Connor do? He steps up and he ain't folding and he ain't backing down. He's showing up, he's proving he belongs in this team. And that's the kind of mindset you want at this club. You know, it's the kind that breeds success. You know, we're talking about a culture of resilience, of determination. You want players that aren't just playing, they're playing to win win every game, every 50-50, even when that competition is breathing down your neck. And that's how you build a winning team right there. And he's showing that every week. And I'm just so bloody happy for him. I really am. And he deserves yeah, couldn't it. Agree. Couldn't agree more. You're, you're, yeah. you're totally right. And and I think it's almost come into... He's, his best turn in form has come actually since he's got the captain's armband as well. Yeah, And I think yeah. that's important as well to... You know, like to say that he really stepped up, and it seems like he's really relishing the occasion, and really like he he's liking the pressure that it puts on him to wear that armband and what mm. that means. And 
And I think the fans really connect with that. So long may it continue. Gallagher's yeah. been absolutely flawless for me this season. Yeah, 110%. So here we go. On the Roman Abramovich news that there is allegedly some off-the-books payments Chelsea might need to explain. Uh, I feel that Boucher on the Discord summed it up perfectly when he said, after taking over, uh, Clear Lake found a lot of serious FFP breaches, got out ahead of it and self-reported, and then approached our transfer business as though a transfer ban's incoming. Like, if you knew a transfer ban was coming, this is what you'd likely do. And when I read that, it just led me to sort of look at Todd Bowley and I sort of thought, You fucker. But you clever fucker. It, it is. I just kept thinking. I was like, self-reported, five to seven-year deals. Oh, and then obviously everything changed when Everton got a point deduction, and we're being liquidated, sent to national league. I don't know what's happening now because um, that famous paper that uh, said we were being liquidated when we were sanctioned is now saying we're getting relegated with City. So I, I just don't. I just I don't care. You know, yeah. I, I don't. Cause I, I'm like, here I think we go it, again. It goes to show that sometimes, sometimes paper's good. Sometimes, uh, you, so, sometimes you read it. Sometimes you, you use it for burning. It, <laughs> and sometimes, uh, those things aren't always so yeah. uh, distinguishable. Hmm. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no chance that we get relegated. I I just don't see how. You can have my tweet if you want. You can use it. I don't. I just don't see how the Premier League would do it. I mean, Italian clubs got done for match fixing and got relegated. That's fair so, enough. Which, that would be them saying that what we've done with, let's face it, what I'm pretty sure all big football clubs fiddle the books slightly, um, is as bad as match fixing. If Ooh. if they're going to, if they was to relegate a team, for financial fair play, which is bullshit anyway, by the way. The, the whole financial fair play is just bollocks from start to finish. But if you were to start relegating teams for that, mm. those teams might as well start match fixing them because the punishment would be the same. Wow. There'd be, there would be no point. Like there has to be a scale, doesn't there? Like and, and relegating a team is like a major punishment. Um and so it should be for something really oh, major. It's possible crime. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you provide. Yeah, if you relegated a team for financial stuff, then where do you go when a a, a club gets found of doing something really bad? Mm. Like, I, yeah. it just it just wouldn't make any sense. So no. there's there's no way that will happen. It'll be a hefty fine, a transfer ban, maybe a points deduction. Mm. Who knows? Yeah, but possible. I mean, if if proven, not going to go any higher. Than I mean, that. as I said, I mean, we tweeted it, and I stand by it. Ain't no way the Premier League will relegate two two of the biggest teams whether you think they're the biggest it doesn't matter that it matters that they draw global audiences to the league exactly. to the product but it's it also would... worth worth saying though that it's like our, our like what we are potentially accused of and what city are accused of are it's a completely different things and that com- yeah. and that require completely different you know they have 150 yeah. charges ba- breaking various uh, Premier League rules mm. we have at least if we if it's true what uh, we are accused of and have self-reported of you know it's financial uh, in, in, incomplete financial reporting I think yeah, exactly. it comes under one section of the uh, yeah. P&L's profit and sustainability rules so it exactly like yeah. like so when people are like so if we've done it fair enough hold our hands up we'll get our fine punishment whatever but 
I, it's frustrating to see that people just lumping Chelsea and City's name together when actually that's <laughs> yeah. it's like putting it's like putting like someone who while while they're both crimes it's like putting someone who like you know I don't know uh, careful where you go here yeah I know didn't uh, pay, so, pay road tax <laughs> yeah. yeah so like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Their, yeah 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 it's like someone who p- didn't pay their TV license being put in prison with a murderer you know yeah. like, it, like yeah. it just it's not the same thing at all there's um, no proportionality no. I mean. There. I just, I just again, I look at Todd Bowley now. Contracts that are silly long, uh, all this ridiculous one billion spent, and I just think you fucker, but you <laughs> clever fucker, because it, <laughs> it really is. So, right before we do our little Eden's hazards, uh, Chelsea's women kicked off their Champions League campaign on the road against Real Madrid, and here is my match report. In their opening Champions League game against Real Madrid, Chelsea encountered an early setback as Olga Kamona's deflected shot found the back of the net within the first 10 minutes. But Chelsea were persistent and they showcased that resilience under pressure with Neve Charles heading home with from an exquisite Ashley Lawrence cross. You you must check it out. It's incredible. It really is. And that levelled the score. 1-1, just five minutes before the half. But despite the initial adversity, Chelsea did grow into the game and they dominated much of that second half. Neve Charles wasn't quite content with just scoring once. She uh, turned provider with a well-placed cross for Sam Kerr, who powered in a header at the back post to give us a 2-1 lead. Uh, The advantage was short-lived as a contentious, let's say, penalty was awarded against Jesse Fleming, allowing Olga Kimona to complete her brace from the spot. So, yeah, it didn't... The controversy didn't stop there, did it? Because the match... Saw late, late drama for Chelsea as Lauren James was denied a potential winner by the crossbar. But even worse than that, deep into injury time, Neve Charles found the net yet again. Only for the goal to be disallowed for offside, despite her being so, so clearly onside. So, overall the game, I mean, Emma Hayes made two changes from the previous WSL victory. With Ashley Lawrence and Frank Kirby entering the eleven. Uh, Chelsea's attacking moves were primarily down the right flank, I would have said, with Lawrence and Kennerid combining with Kirby. And obviously, yeah, Madrid did, you know, break the deadlock early on and it was a deflected strike. But we maintained composure, we were patient and obviously we got the equaliser and then we took the lead. Uh, and we did, in that first half, we, we dominated possession and it was a really, really good performance. And obviously... We were pressing for that late winner, Lauren James hitting the crossbar, and then it it was just that, that late goal that was disallowed for offside. It was so frustrating, but I think, you know, 2-2 two, two draw, we can take some, a lot of positives from arguably the toughest game in the group. So, Real Madrid 2, Chelsea 2. Uh, this game's got not one, but two huge talking points and neither have got anything to do with the players or the coaches. So, Chris, uh, I will go to you. Can you explain to me why that was uh, a penalty? Well, it's, it, honestly, <laughs> the officiating in this game was an absolute crime to football. It was so I have bad. Not, I've not seen a decision that bad in the Premier League since last week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Firstly, the, the, the penalty... I would argue that it's not even a foul. It could be a dive. I think you could make the case that it's not even a foul. But Mm. if they want to give a foul, that's fine. But you can't give a penalty when it's five yards outside the box. Like how so far out though? That's the thing. It's not like it's on the borderline. It's not on the line. It's very. It's extremely clear. Yeah, and then you see that, and you think, right, this can't get any worse. 
And then they wait till injury time and think, no, no, we will give you that this decision now will go down as the worst offside decision <laughs> in the history of football. Yeah. Because she basically, she couldn't have been any more onside unless she was stood in her own goal. That's how far <laughs> onside she was. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, first off, the penalty call. Uh, what in the world was that? I mean, you could argue, like we said, it's a dive. Uh, Fleming's out there, clear as day, tackling Athena outside the box. And I was I was just sat there scratching my head. Like, there was no more to say on that one. And I, I, I don't like, I don't try to rant, but don't get me started on that offside call. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's got to be one of the worst calls you'll see all season. Maybe this whole decade. And sh- yeah. you know what? Maybe the entire history of the game. I mean, there's five Madrid players in front of Neve Charles when the ball's played. Now, that's a head scratcher right there. But the officials in that game were missing calls all game like their yeah, phone was, was on silent. It was like their phone was on silent. That's that's how they were missing calls because it was dreadful. It, it, it looked like some it looked like someone who like had a passing understanding of what a referee is supposed to do. It's like a fan was came out of the crowd and was being a <laughs> Yeah. I mean because that, like, that's think, what that's what I would expect, you know, like like dodgy calls, not not made right, wrong decisions made. Like say what you like about referees, a lot of them are really good at what they do, and that's why they're held held to such a high um, standard of scrutiny. But that was amateur hour, it really was. And it's uh, just, do you know what though? It's it showed as well that I just think it's laughable that in the biggest club competition in women's yeah, football, yeah, they don't have VAR. Yeah, we moan and about VAR, but you'd think in that competition, said, well, it would have yeah. overturned that. My God! Yeah. And they said they said today, released a statement today saying logistically and financially it's not viable. But why? You mean you don't want to pay for it? Is what you're saying? <laughs> that, that's all yeah. that statement means. Your yeah. wife don't want to pay for it. Yeah. So I, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. If you're gonna, you know, the the growth in women's football as well, and they're trying to, they're gonna pay for it eventually. And they're trying to back it, aren't they? Like, you know, all these, all, all, you know, the FA and UEFA, mm-hmm. FIFA, they've all jumped on the bandwagon and tried to be the PR machine. So, oh, yeah, we love women's football too. But then they're like, oh, I'm not paying for that, though. So you can't have it both ways. If and it doesn't represent that pure profit. If you, yeah, if you're gonna have if you're going to have a pinnacle competition like a Women's Champions League, it needs VAR in it. 100%. It needs to it be. It needs to be treated with the same reverence as the Champions League. Exactly. It's the most yeah, prestigious. Exactly. So you, so you, you do all the bells and whistles because it's the most prestigious competition. It doesn't matter what the funding is. I mean, on the on the positive, we did dominate the game. It's arguably going to be the toughest group game that we faced because you know it was in Spain, and it was against the best team in the group other than ourselves. So it was a positive that we dominated. It's just we should have won three one. It, it's one of them, yeah. but we did dominate, and that that is the positive. Uh, yeah, played played really well. To be fair, yeah, in the game it really did. And it's just a shame yeah. it's so overshadowed by all that. Like, exactly, it's, it's like the 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 women's team version of the of the Barca two thousand what two thousand and nine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, yeah. It, they were just so bad, those calls. I mean, it is a quick turnaround before our next game because obviously we're returning to the WSL action against Liverpool at Stamford Bridge tomorrow. So that's going to be that's going to be a tough one. But um, yeah, we'll see how we get on. We'll see how we get on on Monday. So, hey, Ollie's bringing back the last of another round of Eden's Hazards. And uh, it's the we're diving headfirst into the world of the international break. So we've got a couple each, you know, Ollie, Ollie, it's his, his, uh, 
his brain idea. So who what's your first one? So my my first ick or my first Eden Halal <laughs> for the uh, for international breaks specifically is the annoying social media posts you get from players who like meet up with their mates on international duty. Oh, oh right, yeah. well, have you seen? Uh, I, I mean, I know there are players, but have you seen Cole Palmer and Conor Gallagher discuss when they got the phone call and it felt yeah. a bit scripted? It was like, yeah. I got the call, did you? Oh, yeah. But so, so, like, I get it's important to you, random player, but like, I don't <laughs> care that your gas that you got an assist in a 9 0 friendly win against Malta. You, like, <laughs> I just don't yeah. care. Are you like, predicting yeah. a scoreline tonight? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Are they, are they even playing tonight? I have no idea. They are. England are playing Malta. Oh, well, no. there we go. You know, see, if, see if... Oh, well, who see cares? If, if yeah. someone is playing Malta, if they win 9-0 tonight, you heard it here first. You know, stick a fiver on it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, that that's one that really annoys me because I think it's just like... I get that it's kind of fun for the players and stuff, but it's just like... It's just irrelevant to everyone else, isn't it? To be fair, I've only yeah. seen the Cole Palmer and Gallagher one. I've not seen any others. So, uh, Chris, what have you got? Um, I mean, this is this is specifically about international football this time, but you could apply it to most competitions that have a group. Uh, dead rubbers. Yep. Like, what is the point in playing a game when one team's already through and one team's already out? I just think... Uh, you know the, international saying, caps, I guess? Yeah, in a friendly. But, it's po- but it's pointless, isn't it? I mean... They're talking about players having too many games. I think in this situation, if one team is already through and top and one team is already out and bottom, by the way, mm. they should be able to together say, yeah, we're not going to play that. And the game just goes down as nothing. And and then we all just move on because it makes no difference. Yeah, it's to anybody. just like a mercy rule, isn't it? Like, yeah. The, only the, the thing about that with, with the groups or whatever is like, I don't know how you would te- necessarily like award points or whatever. But like you say, if it's still through, <laughs> Like if someone's yeah, still through and definitely yeah. going to be first, yeah. then they... exactly, it wouldn't make a difference. Do you remember the 2014 World Cup when um, England? I mean, that's the World Cup, but they had that dead rubber game against Costa Rica because they were already out at the group stage. Yeah, yeah, and it was nil nil, and it was one of yeah. the worst games ever. Yeah, the cost that's what of I mean. the, the cost of the flights and the accommodation alone would have been like at least two grand. <laughs> You're like, you get those yeah. weird instances no. as well in international football where. Um, where like it's actually more favourable for a team to lose to go through. Uh, well, there's yeah. something going on, isn't there, where the Netherlands and Ireland, if yeah, one of them lose, they like, get to a playoff. And I was like, what? It's something like Ireland are supposed to lose to the Netherlands, which is all the like likely, and somehow that helps them. I don't know why. Like, oh, it, it, oh here we go. I found it. So, since the Netherlands are one of the sides above Ireland, it would be better if they they finished above Greece, who are ranked below Ireland in the rankings. A loss to the Netherlands would open up an additional playoff spot for Ireland. However, if they were to win, it would almost certainly mean they miss out on the tournament in Germany next year. <laughs> so what, what's that? So like how like isn't that just like Max fixing with extra steps? Like. <laughs> Like, oh, what what yeah. are the teams supposed to do there? They go. You need go to out lose. And, oh. Yeah, like we're gonna go out, and they'll say, "Oh, you know, we're gonna give our all and try and win the game." Before. No, but none of them are gonna be trying to a hundred percent win the game. Can you no. imagine? Can you imagine <laughs> if you were the player that scored for Ireland to go to their first World Cup in ages? Like, oh, yeah, like, no, to, for them to uh, to. Sorry, no. Can you imagine if you were the player who scored for them not to go? Yeah, like, exactly. It, it, oh my God, you'd be oh, absolutely. Man. You'd be, uh, you know 
have you a worse can, reputation uh, than Thierry Henry. You, you know can just mean. imagine it, can't you? Going through one on one, last kick of the game, going <laughs> round the keeper, and then and then go. Oh no, I've I've accidentally put that wide. <laughs> oh no. Oh, <laughs> just I, I would like it if it was just really blatant. Like he's oh he's one on one. He skips <laughs> yeah. round the keeper, open goal. He turns around, blasts it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right for me, yeah. I've just got the timings because they they just they just always come at the wrong time. You know, we've only played four Premier League games since the last international break, and we've witnessed as Chelsea fans, we've witnessed back to back electrifying performances from the Blues, and now they're going to hit us with a break. I mean, it's like trying to get excited about a salad after a whole month of indulging on pizza. It's just you know we're not going to get hyped for it, not at all. And then obviously the media outlets go, "Hi, hey, you, you, if you're bored, sanctions." <laughs> So, yeah, it's just, I just, I hate the timings of it. And I just, I just don't get how you can play four weeks of Premier League action and go, we're back on it again. Just feels a little bit. I don't know if it would be better or worse to just put all the international break stuff together, like after the regular season is over. Like in in a summer tournament. It's hard though, because not every, not every country does leagues at the same time, like the MLS or like, you know, or um, the Mexican league or whatever, or some of the South American leagues and stuff like that. I think their leagues are at different times of the year and, mm. and things like but it is really annoying to ha- like why couldn't you at the very least just have it all in one block regardless of when it is mm. so yeah who's got ollie what's your next one my second um ick for uh international break is um the media um uh, <laughs> i don't like the way the media acts when uh what what, ha- what happens during the international break is they will get bored and when the media gets bored, uh, that's when you get the sort of the most asinine stories come out of the media because like the clicks are needed, clicks are down on the during the international break because people aren't engaging with football because there's no football on. So people got to make their got to get their clicks somehow. So uh, you just see the absolute worst stuff. And we've had a very uh, hefty week news wise, regardless, without journalists trying mm. to like get clicks and stuff. So it's uh, it's been madness this I, week. I, I think the fact as soon as they put up. That um, Chelsea they they didn't put could they didn't put that they went Chelsea and Man City face relegation and it was a paywall article you just like here comes the money here we go because even I was like wait what I'm like hang on a minute this is a classic clickbait I'm not falling for it. Uh, oh. a paywall article really genius yeah. yeah and then someone then obviously naturally thankfully they're they're the real MVPs they then go and post the whole screenshot and I'm like. Oh, or summarise it, it's easier. Uh, what about you, Chris? Uh, this one sounds a bit weird, and this is this is purely a fan one. Players won't agree with this, but <laughs> but when you've when your team's got a player on form and they get called up to the national team, <laughs> yeah, it's oh. scary in there because uh, you're like, yeah. oh no, what's oh, you're going to love you, my final one. Then. Why in Kunku's you, out? You just it? you just know that the chances are they're going to come back injured. And it's going to be from something stupid like they'll come on for 10 minutes at the end of the game for a token gesture cap against some semi-professional team who get, <laughs> get be on the end of a terrible tackle from a part-time plumber. Oh, and it's wow. like, And it's like, oh, great. Now he's missing three months of the season, all because he wanted to make an appearance against Lithuania. I mean, someone had posted about... Um... <laughs> 
one of our players has had to, I can't remember which one it was. He's Carney Chukwemeka's or some, it could be Chukwemeka has had to, it was only a precaution. And then there were some fans who were saying, well, what does that mean? It means he's out for eight months, people. That's what it means. Yeah. You know, you yeah. know what it means at Chelsea. I mean, yeah. that's, that's quite Here, comical. Here, well stubbed his toe, add another month. Oh, oh no. I mean, <laughs> Chris is going to love mine because mine is injuries because, Injuries during a club game, I like I like a predictable twist in a movie plot. You know, it hurts, but you sort of see it coming. Injuries on international duty, that's just a whole new level of agony. You know, I kind of get my nerves on edge as I sit there what praying that Chelsea's players just come back with more goals than bandages. You know, it's yeah. it's it's like watching a suspense movie, isn't it? But this time it's our boys on the field and those plot twists that could happen aren't scripted. It's Hopefully. definitely worse when it's friendlies as well. That's like, the worst when one. there's absolutely yeah. no stakes. Yeah. If yeah. it's like a UEFA Nations League game, even that I could be like, well, I get it. But like, <laughs> but if when it's a friendly, I just got I've got absolutely no love for it. Yeah, I, I know you feel. I know you feel. Right. Well, this this next section we like to call Charisma's questions. It's where we uh, send. We send, we see some listener questions. There's going to be a huge send episode. It. On it's my... where we send it. We send it. Um, <laughs> I've now got to quickly get some uh, photos sent into the group chat because I realised that I didn't save them because I never prepare myself for these. But this is not even a question. I just thought it'd be something wild to do. You know, we're diving into the culinary chaos of Carefree Jude H's Twitter food delights. Oh, Jesus. I, I love this account so <laughs> much. You know, if you don't know who oh. that is, then it is a fellow Chelsea fan who shares their chaotic food ideas and meals that they're going to be eating the comments are just worth a read i love Jude. so, so no nice. one's Jude's seen these so no one's seen these um yeah well they probably have but not we'll have to stick them on the discord yeah. as well so people can so follow along. it's it's a blind taste test with your eyes i'll be dropping four into our group chat for an instant reaction so i've now got to quickly go on the uh good old twitter to find it because i didn't prepare this so, yeah, just so you know, listeners, we will be putting these in the Discord so you can react along with us to Jude's magnificent cooking. Uh, <laughs> oh. Jude's a good friend of mine. We we interact on Twitter frequently, and if you if you haven't given him a follow, give him a follow because uh, yeah, it's, he's he posts he's got a classic every almost every week. It okay, got that... to the point of parody where I'm almost like it can't be this bad, but that's, that's I think your... it genuinely. Is. <laughs> that's your first one, which is a fry up. Oh Jesus. <laughs> It's the cheese. It was the cheese. What is? Like, what is? <laughs> going you'll on see with it on that? the Discord listeners. But what we're looking at here is what lo- appears to be a fried breakfast. Um, it looks like someone's blended some bacon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, look, what see? What appears to be maybe some like the sauce from like some mac and cheese on some toast. Uh, beans covering half the uh, half the plate with just a tomato cut in half on top. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Th- this is a personal controversial favorite. It's another fry up theme. <laughs> I mean, what is that? I mean, why is there, are those sausage why is there rolls? Sausage rolls? Yeah. Yeah. Rolls I mean, there? look, sausage rolls on a fry up. Dude, my man. Sausage rolls on a fry up. It's like trying to turn a Shakespeare play into a rap. It's just some things don't mix. It, it, it'd be Ooh, like... That is. I was, also, on the right there, is that bacon or is that a plimp Yeah, oh, I was going to say, that is the most overcooked bacon I think I've <laughs> ever seen To be fair, though, the egg looks class. It does. Yeah, the egg looks good. The egg is it a does. 9 out of 10. So I'll, I mean, give you, yeah. I'll give you that, Jude. I mean, to be fair, the only thing that would be more bizarre would be if his next photo is fish and chips with a side order of a croissant. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is weird though. Beans and ketchup and sausage roll. <laughs> it's just yeah. a strange combo, isn't right. it? Right. Okay. This is the this is a good one. This is a good one. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's just a disproportionate is, uh... amount of food. Like Corn Every, on the everything <laughs> about this is wrong. Everything. Yeah. A but, ton uh, of mashed potato. A lot so of like, mashed potato. I, I grew up, my mum's a dietitian by trade, right? So I grew up always knowing about like balanced and healthy food. This is not what the people mean when they say a balanced meal. This there's, just isn't it. There's two vegetables on there. Oh my God. We, we've got mashed potato <laughs> and a corn and on the cob. With a corn on the cob. So that's already, that's already, I've got my fight or flight up for that. And then oh. you've got pigs in blankets as well, which look suspiciously raw still. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. And also, that is not enough meat. To constitute a meal, is it? <laughs> okay, that, okay. That more like the side to the mash. I, I'm jumping. Yeah, the I'm mash ju- is the main point. <laughs> I, yeah. I saw this today and I thought that's going in. That is going in. This is a classic. It is spaghetti hoops on toast with cheese. Is that Parmesan cheese? Or I think that was a really nice I d- touch. I guess yeah, it's getting wow. at the Italian. It's it's like a low budget Italian meal. I rate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like spaghetti hoops on toast, and I do put cheese on it. But I put, I actually put some cheese on. That looks like you know when you've run out of cheese, and it's just the oh, the, 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 the bit that's left in the packet. Yeah, in the bag at the end. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Well, well, I can only assume it's preservatives. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, just, on. I've just seen one of the comments on it, and it was from CFC Century. Put it is a bad day to have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my favorite picture. Um, maybe we can stick oh. this one up as well if we find it. Um, oh. it of Jude's is um is his, his infamous panini. I don't oh, know if any yes. of you have seen that. It, it, it looks like a panini that was cremated, not cooked. <laughs> oh, we love it. We love it. I can't wait to see more. Oh, we love you, Jude. We honestly. do. We do. That's why I put on there. Friend of the show on, forever. Yes, on Twitter. It was not mean-spirited. It's just it's just brilliant. It really brings a smile to my day. It does. So, um, yeah, there'll be a huge Charisma's question special on Monday. So if any questions you want to ask them, uh, there is a 99% chance that we'll get to my Monday's pod. So, yeah, I've already started compiling the... Uh, spreadsheet for that but we've got two more to go through uh caleb's asked a quick fun question uh that's what he wrote i did write that um england yeah, yeah. mikey actually thinks it's awful by the way. <laughs> i don't i don't um england win the next world cup which chelsea players are in the squad it's 2026 that's, that's, that's he's gonna be 31 then i think isn't he? yeah sterling, sterling won't be sterling he's got no for, chance <laughs> no sterling will be there gallagher will definitely be there Pumble i had him yeah, I had him as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cole will probably too. Same. Chilwell's 50 50 because he might be injured. Yeah, I had him and James. Yeah, James, same. Uh, same. We might be injured. So. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Any, any additions, Chris? Go on. Give, give us an out there one. Unless the only thing I would say is maybe, depending on what happens in the next two years. Madueke, oh, lovely! Re- he's really good for the under twenty ones. Mm. Um, oh yeah! So if he started performing like he does for them at, at club level, either at Chelsea or somewhere else, mm. then he could he could do it because he has proved that international football does sort of suit him. Club mm. maybe yeah. as well. You know, see where it goes with him. It could happen, couldn't mm. it? That is a good yeah. shout. Um, and Jay Stone, uh, how much of an improvement will there be if Nkunku when he returns, and how quickly? 
do you think the chemistry will be when he does return? I think the chemistry will be there because I think we've seen that in pre-season. Oh, I, I, yeah. I think people, I think, like, I, I do think sometimes we forget that he, he has played with these players before. Mm-hmm. Like, he did have the whole pre-season with them because he did get injured. It wasn't, it was in the last game of pre-season, yeah, wasn't Dortmund. it? Like he, yeah, he got injured. So, he did have the full pre-season with them. So, I don't think, I haven't got any worries on that. Um, I think with the way that Sterling's playing, Palmer's playing, Jackson's playing, and then, obviously, we've got the whole midfield issue with how do you get him in, who do you drop? If you wanted to play him in there, I I think at the moment, it seems like he can be eased in a lot more. So at, I would say the last two results actually have took a little bit of pressure off Nkunku coming back, which is a, which yeah. Is a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, remember pre-season? That was like love at first sight. Two soulmates on a first date. That was a There was a real connection and it was a vibe that had me four and head over heels with it. The injury was the was the painful breakup, you could say. There was no denying in that. But, you know, looking back, based on the pre-season, I'm I'm thinking we're gonna rekindle that love and the chemistry. I mean, let's let's not be too quick though to jump on his back, you know, give him a bit of breathing room, you know. Yeah. Sort Definitely. of look at look at it as a first date for him out there whilst the rest of the squad are already into the next stage of the relationship. You know, the Roman Empire wasn't built in a day and neither are goal scoring forwards. So let him find his rhythm. Let the whole love blossom at his own pace. We've done it with everyone else. This ain't no different. Trust the process. Trust the chemistry. And hey, we will see. We hopefully will see his famous balloon celebration on repeat. But will he go blue or will it stick to red? That's what I'm curious. He, about. he said he was going to go blue. I think. Oh, was he? Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, if I remember rightly, I remember him saying it. I think that yeah, in Kunku, it really is about making sure. I think there was a there was a real pressure to make sure that he was like the guy when he comes back. I think it's still there. Mm. I think that there's a there's a lot of pressure on the on him to hit the ground running and and do well because I think people sort of see him coming back as sort of something that will fix all of our problems as having like a a prolific and calm and measured attacker. Mm, um, mm. who you know who has um in some incredible qualities in his own right as well, and and like you say, the consistency, like the um chemistry is, is going to be really good. I just I need for me people to be cautious with him because yeah, it's going to take him a while to get up to speed. You know, he's going to be doing ten minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, a half, sixty minutes, then a full ninety. You know, like yeah. he's yeah. going to get into it slowly, so he's not going to always have the opportunity to make the impact straight away. And so like, we just need to let him do his thing, you know, like as long as we do that and, and ease into it at, at his own pace. And obviously that's easier said than done when results go in in our favor. But I think even mm. if they're not, it, we need to make a, an effort to do that. Yeah. Well, what, do you echo the same, Chris? Yeah, definitely. I think we've in, uh, like Ollie just said, I think people, when he makes that first appearance if it's only for 10 15 minutes let's say he comes on and he doesn't really do much mm. like you can't you can't then jump on that because it is quite a serious injury he's had and come into a new league with a new team um if he's only getting 10 minutes for a few games you know i'm not expecting him to do anything really except for maybe the odd really good little thing here and there um I just think people have got to calm down. I think Ollie's absolutely right. I think you won't really see how good he is until maybe a month, two months into him into him coming back and getting up to full speed. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. So, of course, as we end the Friday show with the Lone Army Carousel, 
the game of categories. The rules are simple. I give them a category and they give me an answer that fits into that category. So the category today is players who scored 10 or more goals in the 2012-13 Premier League season. There are 27 names, but I did this before. I'll name the club. So, you know, you've got some idea. So of the 27, there might, I might, if I repeat some clubs, then you get the idea because obviously, yeah. So we've got Reading, Wigan, Manchester City, Aston Villa, Chelsea and Liverpool, Newcastle and Chelsea, Fulham, Man City, Chelsea, Spurs, Man United, Spurs, Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Everton, Swansea, Arsenal, Southampton, Man United, West Brom, Arsenal, Man City, Sunderland, Arsenal and Manchester United. So, Jesus all those all those players scored 10 or more goals in the 12-13 Premier League. And because Chris reacted in that sense, he can go first. <laughs> you reading all those clubs out has really freed me up. 2012-13. Um, um, Robin Van Persie. You know what? He's on there for United. It's a good shout. Um, Gareth Bale. Yes, he's on there as well for Spurs. Rooney. Yes, Man United. Lampard. Chelsea, yep. One matter? Yes, 10. He did get yeah, close. Got over 10. That was, that, that was a little bit close, actually. I don't know if he did get 10. I think he got over 10 because he's on the list. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Aguero. Sergio Aguero, Aguero? for Manchester City. Uh, you said Reading on there, didn't you? I did. Can you remember who? Oh, there's two, there's two people from Reading who it could be. And I'm Perfect, bound no. to pick the, oh, he got, pick the wrong Matt, one. Matter got 12 that season. Uh, so I'll play a little bit safer, which will probably end up being wrong now that I've said that. Yaya Torre? He is not on there. So, Oli could win it. I'm going to go with Jermaine Defoe. He's on there, Oli wins, but I'll I'll let you carry it off. Uh, The Reading one, he's still playing. Um, He's still playing. He's at a Hibernian at the moment. Kevin Doyle? No. I'll give you his quick club history from that Reading sit after. He then went to Cardiff, Bolton on loan, Wolves on loan, Wigan on loan, Bolton again on loan, Bolton permanently, Sydney, Mumbai City on loan, and now at Hibernian. No. No, sorry. No. Okay, no, Ad- Adam Lathondra. Oh, oh, Adam Lathondra. Yeah. He scored past Chelsea that season. <laughs> yeah, probably. That'd be that'd be quite apt, wouldn't it, for us? Uh, Wigan, who do you think? Um, Hugo Rodriguez. No. Ollie, any ideas? Uh, Wigan, I was so young. Um, well, I wasn't that young. I was like 14. But I, I, it, it's young enough to not remember like an obscure Wigan striker. <laughs> okay. It was a Runa Kune. Runa Kune, yeah. Runa. Wow. Yeah. Uh, went to Everton, didn't he? he did, he did. Uh, you've got another Man City one, but you can name all the Man City ones if you like. There's two... it was, uh, Tevez, wasn't it? Yes, Tevez, and the other one, uh, Nasri. No, Edin Dzeko. Oh, Dzeko, oh, yeah, Villa, 
Ben Teke. Yeah, Ben Teke. Oh, yeah, good shout. Now, these two, you've got to get these two because you have Chelsea and Liverpool. So he moved in that season. I'm guessing you got all the goals for Liverpool, if I'm honest, looking at who it is. Because I don't remember him scoring. Yeah, Sturridge. Oh, Sturridge, yeah. Newcastle. Suarez was probably on there this year. Yeah, Suarez is on there, yeah. Um, Newcastle and New and, and Newcastle, Newcastle and Chelsea. That's easy, I feel. Oh, Denver Bar. Denver Bar. Yeah. Uh, Fulham, Clint Dempsey, no, former United striker. I love him, he's great. Oh, Berbatov, Berbatov, uh, mm. Man United. Can you get the last Man United player still plays in MLS? Uh, oh, um, Javier Hernandez. Um, um, can you get the Arsenal ones? There are one, two, three, four left. Is that that one season that Walcott got more than 10? He's on well? there. He's on there. So awesome. you've got a midfielder and two forwards. Uh, one, I think, I think they all still play actually. Was Adebayo? No. Was Ozil there? No. Well, he's not on the list. Okay. Probably so not. this, not this guy, uh, we had him. Played for us. Fabregas. Oh, Giroud. Giroud. Uh, and another one, you've got a German forward and a Spanish midfielder. A Cazorla? Cazorla's on there. And the German yeah. forward. Podolski. Podolski, who I still uh, think still plays. Still think. Well, like in Japan or something. I know he played there for a yeah. while. Yeah. Uh, West Ham <laughs> midfielder. Midfielder, West Ham. Yeah. Pyatt? No, that was too early for Pyatt. Played played uh, for um, Bolton. No, I don't know. Oh, it's an iconic name of the league. Iconic. Nigel Rio Coca? No, it's Kevin that Nolan. That is an iconic name, though, to be fair. <laughs> yes. Kev- Kevin Nolan. Kevin Nolan. Oh, I forgot so, he went to Leicester. Everton, midfielder. Oh, it's got to be Fellaini. It is indeed. And this yeah, next one, I am... Appalled that you didn't get this, Swansea. Come on, his season, meet you. His season. <laughs> he's, did, he scored against us that season. I remember. <laughs> Wasn't that when he did the Tiger celebration yeah. the yeah. first time? So yeah. you know, the, remember that. The thing is, like all of those old seasons seem to blend into one whenever I think about <laughs> them. That's why it's so hard. It's like oh. that period of like 10, 2010 to like twenty thirteen is all kind yeah. of one time, and I just it's so hard to remember what happened. Three forwards left. Southampton. West Brom and Sunderland. Those are the three players. West Brom? Yeah, West Brom. That's not difficult when you think about it. Like Lukaku. It was. Oh, yeah, it does make sense, yeah. Uh, Who, and the other two, Southampton, Southampton and Sunderland. Southampton. So, was Southampton Graziano Pella? No. That's a great shout, though. He, uh, he might have moved to Liverpool after. Mane? No. Uh, Danny Ings. No, Ricky Lambert. Oh, oh my God! And yeah, Ricky Lambert, the Sunderland forward who played. I don't know if he did play with. All I know is he went to Marseille, and everyone was like, "What?" what? No, no idea. Played for Wolves. Nah, pretty know, sure he's coming to me. I'm. Oh, I've just let me just double check. See what else he played for. Pretty sure he played for. He's, he's at he's at Wrexham at the moment. Didn't know that. What nationality is he? He is English. Sunderland. 
He was born in Shrewsbury, so he went. It went Hibernian, Burnley, Wolves, Sunderland, Marseille on loan, Sheffield Wednesday, Stoke, Dundee, and now Wrexham. Oh, Stephen Fletcher. Yeah, I don't, he was born in England, but he represented Scotland. So yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. he was. Um, he was good that season, and he was good. I think it was the year before at Wolves, wasn't it? Yeah, he was very good, very good yeah, player. He was very good at Wolves, yeah. So. Well, that was another, another end of an episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to see how Chelsea's women got on against Liverpool and also the huge questions special. So fire them in the Discord, Instagram, or whichever way you wish. So until then, that'll be us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.